How are we doing, everybody? Welcome back to the Nosebleed Seats. It is our sixth episode. Should be our seventh. Uh, unfortunately, Marcus and I had some technical difficulties last week using our uh, audio recording system that we've been using. But thankfully, we're back now. We've got this going. My right-hand man with me, as always, Marcus Baker. How are we doing tonight, buddy? Tell you what, Jordan, doing good. Um, glad to be back here for episode what what'd you say? Seven, six, it should kind be of in six. between. It should or it should be seven <laughs> is what I'm saying. But yeah, we're on six. Yeah. So Yeah, between technical issues and then I've I've been in the process of moving on my end. So we've really, really had to grind to just stay in contact with one another, let alone get our previous episode out. But like he said, we're past those technical issues and just looking forward to moving forward and talking some Chiefs football for sure. For sure. Definitely lots to talk about. Starting with the Chris Jones contract situation. Uh, I know our guys on social media with Arrowhead Live there kind of got that whole whirlwind going. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. We're going to talk about the potential uh, naming rights for the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, naming the field. I know that was shot down. We're going to talk about that as well. And then we're going to talk about alternate jerseys. I know we said we'd do that a couple weeks ago. Finally getting to it now, talking about the alternate jerseys, what color scheme, and when could it possibly happen? Is it going to happen? So, Marcus, let's go ahead and dive into this Chris Jones contract situation. This all started with a quoted tweet from our Arrowhead Live social media account on Twitter that all it was was a quirky face <laughs> when, uh, you know, it was uh, overlooking a video that NFL Network had put out about Chris Jones wanting $21 million and, you know, saying that he might not possibly play um, unless he gets that $21 million. Like, You know, he's willing to hold out. And not five minutes after that tweet, Chris Jones had responded to it saying if he doesn't get played, he's not going to – or if he, doesn't get, if he does not get paid, he's not going to play. Man, say that ten times fast. But anyway – it just it's a huge whirlwind right now with the Chris Jones situation. Uh it's tough for me. It's it's a hard subject to just decipher in general cuz like there is two sides to the coin. There is the fact that yes, there is times and plays where the man does take plays off. But you have to understand, he stays on the field quite a lot. He's not a guy that takes important plays off but he takes his plays off sometimes while he's in the game which is a problem but if you see the impact he's made in my opinion Frank Clark doesn't have the playoffs he has in any way without Chris Jones because even in the Super Bowl there's multiple instances where Chris Jones creates the sacks that Frank Clark executes there at the end when Jimmy I don't think it went down as a sack because I think Jimmy Garoppolo got the ball off Chris essentially absorbs his blocker and then chips Frank's blocker off of him, and Frank's able to get to Jimmy to force an errant pass to force the final turnover, I think, on downs in the Super Bowl. And not to mention multiple pass deflections there really when the tide started to turn for the Chiefs defensively for Chris Jones. So, I mean, it's not even debatable. Without Chris Jones in the Super Bowl, San Francisco 49ers are Super Bowl champions. So I think that guy's worth $20, $21 million. Would you agree? Oh, for sure. You know, and I don't want to I don't want to get too stuck on his production. My thing is 
why the threat or yeah, why the threat to sit out? First of all, your franchise tag value right now is 16 million or roughly 16 million. You're making hardly a million over a year right now because you're on your rookie deal. You're sitting out because you're not making 21. With all of the stuff that's going on, don't you want to secure that and make money? You make 16 million, you're making a little over a million a game, I think is how the how the uh, trajectory of the pay went out. How is that anything but good for you? That's what I don't understand. You're you know you're complaining about not getting all this money. Sign the franchise tag, secure your bag before all this the shitstorm of NFL football right now, you know, comes and wraps you up in it. You know, he compared it to the Le'Veon Bell situation, saying, I learned from Le'Veon Bell. That's not even close to the same situation. You know, Le'Veon Bell was on his second tag. This is Chris Jones' first time getting tagged. So say he signs the tag this year, he plays for $16 million. If the Chiefs decide to tag him again next year, he's going to play for even more than that. If he plays at all. Yes, I know his worth is tremendous, and we don't win the Super Bowl without him. And honestly, I don't even know who would replace him. I don't want to think about that right now unless he's completely gone and not going to play for Kansas City anymore. But Kansas City Chiefs fans love him. He loves Kansas City, I feel like. You know, you and I were at training camp a few years back, and, you know, we were even on on TV, you know, giving Chris Jones a high five and stuff because he was always there riling up the crowd and stuff. So he's a people person. And, you know, Kansas City loves him there. But we need you to play, man. And you're getting – a ton more than what you're making right now. You're getting 15 million more a year than what you're making right now. How is that anything but good for you? I understand you want long-term money. You want that financial security and stuff, but in the world we're living in right now with all this COVID stuff going on, you've got to secure your bag, you know, get your chicken as Marshawn Lynch would say. (laughs) I mean, am I wrong? Yeah. I mean, I agree. No, I agree. I fully agree with that. But I can see from Chris's standpoint, maybe, because there's going to be risks this year. I mean, this COVID stuff, it could have effects on some of these guys to where it could potentially end careers. We're seeing in the NBA where some of these guys are fearful of career-ending injury, career injury. And I think the NBA is even providing insurance or something to their guys in case of career-ending illness because of COVID. So, like, you have to have that thought process, too. So, I wonder maybe if that doesn't play into it. And it could just be greed. But in the same breath, he deserves his money. The production's there. I think the production's there for Chris more than Frank in terms of consistency and reliability. I feel like Frank came on the scene and exploded, but it was really only a year or two in Seattle where he was viewed as an elite player league-wide. And I'd even say... I would argue that Frank Clark wasn't viewed elite when we traded for him. I think he was above average, but I think a lot of people raised their eyebrows to us giving Frank $20 million a year, even though he was a hell of a pass rusher. I don't think people put him in that category. I kind of did, but I think Chris Jones is better. And if you're going to pay Frank Clark that, I understand not wanting to have $40 million a year tied up into your two, and two defensive linemen. But when they make the kind of impact that those two guys make in unison, I think it's a good investment. Because I think one without the other is not going to be the same from a pass rush standpoint, and it's going to set our defense back tremendously. 
And I totally think that Chris Jones is the second best defensive tackle in the game. Aaron Donald's making over $20 million a year, I believe. Oh, yeah. So there's no argument against Chris doing it. I think Aaron Donald's making well over 20 For sure. I, you know, I'm not, I don't want to take away from his value. He's definitely worth 21 million. I think if he would maybe settle for like 18 or something like that, you know, that would help us out, help the Chiefs out. But to, to hear that there's been no discussions of it right now kind of worries me. Um, you know, I just hope Brett Veach does the right thing, whether it's getting value out of trading him. Or, you know, signing him long-term, which I feel like we should do. And, you know, I hope we want to get that done. But there's there's well, definitely more to talk days. about that. Do what? I think that we only have 11 days, right? He has to sign his tag. Yeah, by, by the 15th. 15th or, yep. Yeah, and another thing with this, real quick before we move on, because I know we want to kind of keep our schedule, but with Chris, to be able to extend Patrick this offseason, you have to extend Chris. Because if he plays on his tag, there's no way. Like, you can't. So, from that standpoint, if Pat's a priority now, they need to extend Chris. If he's not, if I'm Chris Jones, I take the 16 on the tag because if they extend him, they're going to backload the contract. You and I both know that, so they can extend Patrick. So, he's not going to make even 16 this year, I don't think. I think he'll make around 10 to 12, and they're going to backload the contract. So, financially for this year he may be smarter to take the tag that and that's what i was trying to say off the bat you know he, he needs to secure his money now before this gets shut down i mean we saw the articles out today you know the nflpa is trying to shut preseason down entirely so you know it's just a matter of time i think you need to sign this and get your money before it's too late to get it is my thing and then because if he doesn't it's just going to be even more of a shit storm between him and the chiefs front office so that being said let's go ahead and move on to our next topic here the government employees health association who is a large partner with the chiefs um you know there's talk that the chiefs might give away the rights to the field name not the stadiums it was still going to be arrowhead stadium i know a lot of people were confused on that and you know getting mad about it it was still going to be arrowhead stadium but the field was going to have a different name and I don't know about you, Marcus, but GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium did not sound too good to me. It, does, it definitely does not have the same ring as just Arrowhead Stadium. <laughs> yeah, not at all. And you don't want it to be Arrowhead like Field Denver. at Arrowhead Stadium. I mean, that's just that's too much Arrowhead. Right, but that's like the Broncos. I can't remember exactly what who they sold their rights to, but it's like da-da-da at mile high. So, like, I think it pulls away from the historical value of the sites, such as Arrowhead or Mile High or places like that. They have the real historical significance. So, to take away from that just for money, I think, is kind of cheap on the organization's part. But I get it. At the end of the day, it's a business, and they've got to make money. And, I mean, we've seen – well, that's the whole deal with this Washington Redskins stuff. Easy where that word changed it there. Yeah, sorry. The Washington football team. There you go. Washington, D.C., that is. Um, they uh, Everything they're going through is because they have a partnership with FedEx, and FedEx is wanting to get away from that and Native American. Yeah, both, both of their big partners are against 
the name that they hold now. So it's really starting to impact. So when you make agreements like that, there's a lot of implications that come into effect because you're at that point representing that brand just as much as you are the football team. For sure. I, you know, I wasn't too upset about it because you're still going to have Arrowhead stadium after that. And no fan in Kansas city is going to call the, call it by the field name. You know, it's still going to be Arrowhead stadium to everybody. I know people were mad about it, but I think it was more because they didn't understand what it was going to be like. They thought that, you know, Arrowhead Stadium was just going to be out of the equation, and I understand that. I get that. But you really have to read into articles these days. You know, that's where all the details at. Um, you know, I have a subscription to The Athletic, and they're pretty good about explaining stuff like that. So, um, yeah. And another thing with this whole situation – $250 million, that's a ton of money that the team's going to be able to put back into their facilities, put back into their concessions, put back into the community. Put back into so Chris like, Jones' contract. <laughs> right. When you look at these type of things, especially with these licensing deals on the, the branding for the names of the stadiums, it's a good move for every team. It's just with the Chiefs, you have to make sure this is something you're committed to 100% because it's going to upset our fan base. It's just natural because of the history that comes along with Arrowhead. Yeah. There's just no way I could ever get used to calling it GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. You know, like you, you were talking about Denver earlier. I feel like they change theirs every year. You know, it's Empower Field, and then it's Sports Authority Field at Mile High. Then it's Mile High Stadium or New Mile High or Invesco Field at Mile High. Like, it's every year they're changing it, I feel like. You never know what it is. Yeah. I just, you know, after GHA and that contract runs out, you're going to have someone else trying to come in and buy it. It's just going to keep changing. So, I think they're doing it the right way, keeping it just Arrowhead Stadium. You know, fans are used to it. It's tradition there. And, you know, I don't see it changing anytime soon. And I'm glad the Chiefs put that statement out. Um, you know, after Mike Florio with Pro Football Focus, I think he has like a crush on Kansas City or something because every article he puts about the Chiefs is hate. Like it's pure hate, I feel like. And I don't understand it. I don't know why. It's like when Dan Fouts calls games with Ian Eagle and talks about the Chiefs, you know, especially when they're playing the Chargers or something. But I don't know what he has against Kansas City, but it's ridiculous, and it always quickly gets shut down. Isn't Florio with Pro Football Talk? Sorry, not to interrupt Yeah, you. Pro Football Talk. Yeah, not Focus. Sorry. No, you're all right. I just wanted to clarify that so we're not putting it with the wrong, right. <laughs> the yeah, wrong yeah, people. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, but no, I, I agree. Florio, see, and it's tough for me because his counterpart on PFT in the morning is Chris Sims, and I really like Chris Sims. He's one of my favorite media guys out there for for football and I watch that show frequently and listen to it on their podcast and it's just it's a it's definitely a lesser two e I mean I no that's not what I want to say. I like Chris, but it's like give or take because I can't stand Florio. And he seems to hate Mahomes. He's the guy that said you have to hurt Mahomes to beat the Chiefs or whatever. Correct? Yeah. Yeah that was him. They told him to like hit him in the knee or whatever he said that was met with some negativity on Twitter, rightfully so. Right. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I just no, don't know how you surprise could be grade A douchebag like that. I really don't get it. Yeah, I don't and with his history with that Mahomes statement and stuff, why would you come out with a report that you're not 100% certain in? 
because it made him look terrible. Right. Because we already have a bad taste in our mouth with Florio in general because of that conversation. And then you come out with this and basically tell us that you're going to change the name of our home as Chiefs fans. Like, I don't understand what he's doing. He's lost a fan base entirely. Just because you're trying to get clicks, you know, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I get it as a news reporter. That's your job. You know, you want to get clicks, you want to get views because that just puts more money in your pocket. But come on with the false information, man. It's, it's not the first time it's happened now. So, well, and I mean, it's just like any job, the best ability is reliability. If you can't rely on these media guides, you're not going to trust what they say. Yeah. Your reputation's what builds your ability to succeed. And I mean, not to disrespect Florio because he's put a lot of time in and done a lot of good things in his career, but don't turn on a fan base for no reason. And I don't know his allegiances from what I hear. He never really states that he's with a certain team. And of course, Chris, his dad's Phil Sims, so he's always raised a Giants fan, has right. ties to Tampa because he played there. But I don't hear a lot from Florio on what his team is, so I wonder if he's not a fan of an AFC West team. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't I don't listen to them too much just because I can't stand uh Florio. But that's beside the point. Um let's go ahead and talk about these alternate jerseys real quick though. Uh, before we get off the air here. Hey, one thing, just go ahead. Yeah, just real quick. Go ahead. Before we get I to do want to mention this. I kind of touched on this earlier with the Vikings, or what, not the Vikings, the Redskins there in Washington. Um, it seen, I mean, we've seen throughout sports today, we've seen the Cleveland Indians, we've seen the Chicago Blackhawks, as well as the Washington Redskins. These teams that have the Native American ties to their names, they're all really contemplating name change. In my opinion, we have the same type of tie, but it's a different style of name. I look at Chief as a term of endearment in the culture. That was like the leader, the person that people look to for guidance. I don't see it as a derogatory term, and that's my heritage. I'm half Indian. It's not offensive to me. That's my team. I I have pride in it. It brings me to Kansas City. It was part of something that made me prideful to be a Chiefs fan. It's not derogatory to me. So what's your opinion on that? Yeah, and I'm I'm the same way. I think the world has gone pretty soft, honestly. Um, and you know, I I really want to watch what I say here because, like, I'm the furthest furthest thing from a racist. I I don't want that to be even a speculation at all. But I think anyone that would say the Chiefs are being derogatory towards uh, Native Americans, I think they need to quit being so soft. That absolutely is not derogatory at all. Like you said, it's, you know, it's the leader. It's someone you look up to. And, you know, it. they've been the Kansas City Chiefs forever. How could you ever, you know, replace that? I get the Redskins have two. I understand that. They've been asked to change it for years now. And, you know, Paul Brown just cares about lining his pockets. And that's the only reason they're going to change it now because, you know, his two biggest sponsors are wanting them to change it. And the money's going to drop if he doesn't. So it's all about lining his pockets. And, you know, I I really can't stand the fact that it's come to that because I personally think he is somewhat of a racist for not doing it a while ago. You know, it's been going on for years now. But I absolutely do not believe the Chiefs should have to change their name. 
I couldn't agree more. Like I said, just to what I alluded to earlier, it's just, it's just not offensive in the same way that the Washington name is. I don't think Cleveland is offensive. I mean, that's just the name. It's just a descriptive term. It's not. Now, with the Redskins, that's a little bit more derogatory yeah. and kind of kind of negative. But even Chicago, the hockey team, they I don't see that as derogatory. And I may just not be informed enough about it. But like I said, it's a part of my heritage, so I know a little bit. I do know that the Redskins name is was created as a negative and our name is was not. So I don't see any problem with it. But I just feel like the world's trying it, to dictate everything. Every little thing right now, honestly, like yeah, the Nickelodeon show Paw Patrol, like they're trying to get that off because it shows a one of the dogs, one of the part of the Paw Patrol wears a police uniform and he shows good merit. Like they're wanting to yeah, take that character completely off the show because he shows good merit. Right, like and get it's just over like yourself. I'm not. I, I'm not. I don't really being a white man from the Midwest. I haven't been been through what some have been through, but I try to stay neutral because there's good and bad people in every race in every profession. I mean, my uncle's was a cop my entire childhood and he's one of the best men I've ever met. But I also know other police officers that are terrible people that do terrible things. So I just, I get why people are upset, but I don't feel like you can. I feel like it's just as bad to judge people as a group at being wrong as it would be to be the person doing. You know what I mean? Like, do you try to? Do you understand what I'm saying in terms oh, yeah. of? Yeah, for sure. You can't group. I mean, one bad apple doesn't make the whole batch bad. And I know there's more bad apples than you want there to be, and I understand that. And initiative needs to be created, like we've seen in this world, to, to weed those bad people out. But don't punish the good people as well, like you said with the Paw, Paw Patrol situation. Same deal. I just, you know, I don't get it. And I, I want to get back to football, though, before we, you know, before the rest of our time here is spent talking about this, because I could talk about this for days. The world's gone soft. Yeah. And, you know, I understand there's there's certain stuff out there to be serious about. And, you know, to be you need to be more realistic is what I'm saying. But that's beside the point. Let's talk about these alternate jerseys before we get off here real quick. Are the Chiefs ever going to get alternate jerseys? That's the question. Do I think it's going to happen this is anytime my- soon? No. No, I don't. But every other team, historic or not, has alternate jerseys, I feel like. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's time. I mean, we just won our first Super Bowl in 50 years. Come out with something... That's like, hey, we've arrived. The Kansas City Chiefs are back. This is going to be like we saw in the 60s. We're we're here to stay. Come out with a championship edition where we have gold, championship gold, and it's like a darker version of the yellow that we have already in our uniforms. I mean, they sell the the yellow and gold ones in the pro shop all the time. You know, I was always wondering if the Chiefs would ever come out in that. See, and I've always wanted the Chiefs to do like – uh, Native American Heritage Week and embrace that tie that they have to the Native Americans and do like an alternate. Did you see the alternate that I shared on Twitter that had the arrowheads yeah. on the stripes on the yep. shoulders? I loved that with like the Seminole Florida State arrow on the helmet. 
with our standard logos on the sides. And you know, before I would before, love hold something on. like I, that. I, just to interrupt real quick, you know, people complain that our alternate jersey looks like some of the uh, potential, you know, schemes out there are too Florida State ish. They don't realize that those are pretty much the same, you know, type of celebrations and traditions and stuff like that. Like both the Chiefs and Florida State fans do the tomahawk chop. Right. You know, they're both, they have to deal with Native American heritage. So, I mean, you can't complain too much because they're pretty damn similar. Yeah, and I, I love the idea. I think Florida State has some of the best uniforms in college football. Yeah. Just and just doing an alternate with, let's say they do white arrowheads with the yellow outline accents on the shoulders of the red jerseys. That would be so so awesome. And then you, of course, alternate if they wanted. And they could do that in two different color schemes. They could do a white and a red, or they could bring out the gold and the red. I just think that would be cool with everything going on in the world. All these teams are running from their Native American ties. I think it would be cool if the Chiefs embraced it and showed like homage to it and had like an event. If you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, I get, I get what you mean. You know, it's like the league does the military uh, appreciation day. Like make military for all teams. You're telling me Nike can't, they make the Oregon Ducks 50 uniforms a year. (laughs) There's no reason they couldn't make a little money and do military appreciation. You know, like, the digital camo looks that, you know, like they put out for military appreciation week. One team wears black versions and the other team or the away team wears a white one, you know? Yeah. That would, that would be awesome. I wish, I really wish that they would do something like that in the league throughout. Cause like they brought the color rush in and we just basically slapped our red uh, pants and, uh, jerseys together and just ran with it. We didn't really change anything. So right. I think the team, I think the organization, the players and the fan base is starving for some, a little bit of something different. I mean, this is the perfect opportunity, like I said, to initiate something new into our tradition and just add one piece. And people, I mean, in 20 years, people will be able to look back at that jersey and say, that's when the Chiefs realized they had made it. That's when Patrick Mahomes reached his pinnacle. And the dynasty began. Like I think it's an opportunity that they'll regret missing if they don't do anything. And you know, even the Royals did it after they won the World Series, and we never thought they'd change their jerseys. But I mean, it's a completely different sport, and I get that. But like you said, I feel like it's time. Now you're never going to have a 100% clear, happy fan base, but. You know, I feel like the opinions I hear on, uh, you know, on radio and through Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that, a lot of fans are ready for a jersey change. So I'm anxious to see if, you know, there's ever any speculation from Clark Hunt or uh, Mark Donovan or somebody like that to maybe throw an alternate idea out there. I am curious to see if that ever happens, but I don't see it happening anytime in the near future, unfortunately. Last piece for me on this. I think if they don't do it now, they won't do it during the Mahomes era. I think if you're going to do it with Pat as your quarterback in this Mahomes-Reed era, this year's the time to do it. If you don't, we're probably going to have to wait 10 to 15 years to see anything change. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they brought back the yellow end zones, which we hadn't done since the 
you know, the 90s. I don't see why you couldn't bring back a uniform. You know, when we played Dallas uh, back in the early 2000s, you know, they brought the Dallas Texans uniforms. I would be all right with even that. You know, it's just something yeah. different. But yeah, I agree. I just feel like you got to do something. But anyway, Marcus, uh, before we get off here, go ahead and give us the latest on the articles you got coming out. Well, I mean, pretty cut and dry. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I've been in the process of moving all week. And so I wasn't, uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to get anything out uh, this week, but I do have an article coming up here in the future at some point, whenever I can get that out. And then, of course, last episode, I touched on the previous article that I did, which was the five Kansas City Chiefs players. They were looking to revive their careers in 2020. That was an interesting read. Um, there were some guys like uh, Dorino Daniel on there. I think Breland Speaks was included in that. So be sure definitely to check that out because, I mean, that video or that image surfaced the Speaks here a couple days back, and he looks like he's in incredible shape. I'm so excited to see what he's able to contribute to that. Definitely making us eat our words from earlier episodes. Yes, without a doubt. And then the one that I should have coming up here, hopefully in the next few days, God willing, everything going on in my life has been hectic. But um, I'm going to – basically put an article out there about the Chiefs' biggest remaining needs on the roster and how they can find a solution to those before the season. So that's really what I've got going on um, over there at Arrowhead Live, or here at Arrowhead Live, I guess I should say. Um, as far as my articles articles are concerned, excuse me, but uh, go ahead and tell them about the merchandise that we've got going right now. Yeah, so we have some pretty badass-looking Frank Clark shirts that are just about to drop if they haven't dropped already. Um, you know, they're on a different time frame than us, but they are pretty slick looking. And I know we've done incredible business so far with those. You know, fans are loving it. Players are loving it. Like I mentioned last episode, Ricky Seals-Jones is, uh, you know, partnering with us on that. He's going to wear that during training camp and, uh, you know, kind of show that off for us. Tyron Matthew has even responded to it, saying he loves it. So, Frank Clark is next on the list. Please go check that out. Um, you know, at shoparrowheadlive.com. It's all there. Easy process. Shipping takes maybe a week. And, you know, it's it's awesome stuff. The material's great. It's not those Fruit of the Loom or Hanes t-shirts. You know, they're good. Good quality. They're breathable. And uh, Get what you pay for. Yeah, exactly. Get what you pay for, for sure. And like I said, still got the hoodies out there, the crew neck sweaters, T-shirts, tanks. Um, you know, they're talking to us about maybe getting some snapback hats and some uh, some sandals and stuff like that on there too. So be on the lookout for some new stuff. They have a heck of a team over there in our merchandising department. So please keep on the lookout for them. And please continue listening to the other podcasts as well. Those guys are doing a tremendous job keeping things going. And also please go and follow our own personal podcast is called the kc tailgaters uh it's on twitter as well follow us at the kc tailgaters uh pretty easy to follow we will have a new episode coming out here in just a couple days so please stay tuned to that um other than that marcus you got anything else to add no man i'm just looking forward to hopefully having a football season and just climbing this hill past covid19 and getting back to sports for sure for sure well, on behalf of myself, Jordan Anderson, and my partner, Marcus Baker, we wish you guys a happy 4th of July. Hope you guys are safe. Enjoy your time with family. Stay safe out there. 
We will see you guys next time.